Welcome to Advancing All Women with Sarah Alter, President and CEO of Network of Executive Women. On this show, you'll hear top executives and experts talk the most pressing topics for women in the workplace. From advancing women of color, to developing and engaging male allies, to how to navigate the new workplace post-COVID-19. Sarah will cover it all as she and her guests dig into these key issues. Now, here's your host, Sarah Alter. So for all of you power moms that are listening in today... You know, the, the ladies who are juggling a family, a house, a corporate career, fur babies, maybe even your own life. Apparently, there are four key guiding principles that you should be living by. I'm going to share them and then you tell me if they make sense. The first, the obligation for working mothers is a very precise one. The feeling that one ought to work as if one did not have children while raising one's children as if one did not have a job. Number two, every working mom should feel the same thing. You should feel like you're going through big chunks of time where you're just thinking, this is impossible. Oh, yeah, this is so impossible. And then you just keep going, and then you sort of do the impossible. Number three, no one ever said on their deathbed, I wish I had spent more time at the office. And then number four, don't confuse having a career with having a life. Okay, so so do they make sense? Does it seem possible? Does it seem impossible? Well, guess what? Our guests today are going to guide you down this path of struggles, of guilt, of triumphs. And they're going to equip us all with how we navigate this crazy work-life sway as a female leader. And most importantly, how business organizations should be supporting us all on this incredible journey. I'm Sarah Alter, CEO and President of NEW, and your host of the Advancing All Women radio show and podcast. And I am joined by the most incredible lineup of guests and thought leaders today. I have Joanne Lublin, author of Earning It and Power Mom and a Wall Street Journal journalist, Roma McKegg, SVP of Impact and Communications for Cliff Bar, and Veronica Hernandez, North America Head of Business Solutions for Visa. Well, welcome, everybody. Hey, let's get started. All right. So, Joanne, share with us how your personal and professional journey has led you to being a part of this conversation today. Well, thank you, Sarah, very much for having me be on your show. And uh, it has been a pretty incredible journey. I spent my entire professional career as a journalist at the Wall Street Journal, retiring from full-time work in 2018 after nearly 47 years at the paper I started our first career column, and I also wrote about workplace and management issues for many, many decades. And I remain a regular contributor today, and I'm yeah. mostly doing profiles of women and people of color for a special uh, feature we have called Personal Board of Directors. But part of that journey, of course, has been becoming a mom. And frankly, that was perhaps the most meaningful experience in my whole life, other than perhaps my being born, but I don't remember that. (laughs) And, And being a mom and being a committed journalist is something that I found to be extremely difficult when it happened the first time, because my son is 42 years old. And it was an era in which it wasn't really socially accepted for women to be working and having careers and having yeah. kids. Yeah. And, in, and in fact, people wanted to know, you know, why I was coming back to work. I had to defend myself. And so I've written two books about female executives. The first one was Earning It, which looked at 52 high-ranking women, mm-hmm. most of whom became public company CEOs. And my new book, Power Moms which explores the journey of two generations of women who had children and at some point became business executives. One generation is mine, and that is the boomer moms, and the younger generation are millennials and Gen Xers, women who were anywhere from their early 30s to early 40s at the time I did my reporting. In addition to those 86 women, I also talked to 25 adult daughters. I love that. 
up having your mother being in a high-level position? Did you want to be just like her or did you want to be something completely different? And all along the way, I have been blessed by having a tremendously supportive spouse, a husband who's been with me thick and thin. And even this morning when I couldn't figure out how to get into this conversation, (laughs) he was here to the rescue. And so many women out there have good supportive networks, whether it's a life partner or a husband or a wife, and it makes it possible, it seems to me, in many cases for us to succeed. Absolutely. Yeah. No. And, and, and listeners, you'll, you'll, you'll get a good giggle out of this. I think a couple of us had to like enlist the tech help desk across the board to get in today. So um, I love it, Joanne, that the same thing happened. Um, Roma, let's hear from you. Hi, thank you so much. So yeah, um, I've had um, really, if you looked at my LinkedIn profile, you'd go, what has this woman done? Um, and what's the, what's the meaning of her career? Because I spent the first 20 years of my career um, working across the communications discipline. And, um, and at that point in time, it was all about how do I, how do I master this discipline and, um, and not really think about the other parts of my life as being just as important in terms of balancing those things. Um, late in that career is when my husband and I had our son, and I started thinking about really what mattered, um, both from a family standpoint and from a career standpoint. My son was 10 years old when I decided to make a career shift and actually go get my MBA. So then I'm working full-time, I have a 10-year-old at home, and I'm putting another 40 to 50 hours a week into school. So that was, um, that was the start of my journey of really being able to think about and, 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 and master all those. And I can't say I ever mastered it, but the challenges, take on the challenges of being a working mom, also being in school, being a a present mom and also being a wife, a friend, a daughter, and all of those things. Um, I will tell you, I could not have done it without a supportive family, but also extremely supportive managers. So having that support in the workplace has played a huge role in allowing me to get to where I am today and to be able to be all of the things I want to be, not just the professional. Wow. Wow. (laughs) <laughs> you were clearly juggling. And and I know too, I remember when we were all pre-connecting, you know, getting to know each other and preparing for this show, I asked everybody, you know, hey, can we do it all? And every single one of you is like, yeah, no. <laughs> and so, you know, hopefully Absolutely. everybody, you know, when they <laughs> when they leave our discussion today, they take that away and that liberates them, right? And it mitigates some of that guilt. Um, Veronica. Yeah, good morning, Sarah. Thanks for having me on. I'm super excited to be here. <laughs> yeah. So I, um, so it's great to be here. Um, I am actually a daughter of two immigrants, and I was born in Buenos Aires, uh, Buenos Aires, <laughs> Argentina. Um, and so my journey was a little bit different. Um, but, you know, as far as my career goes, Um, I was, you know, always in kind of male dominated financial services, Mm -hmm. uh, started in product, but then quickly, you know, went to sales. So, you know, I was very familiar with the feeling of like always being the only woman in the room Mm -hmm. and having to kind of, you know, get up to speed on things like golf and sports and, you know, make sure that I, I too went out for the happy hours and things like that. Uh, because, you know, that type of stuff mattered, uh, you know, especially 15, 20 years ago. Um, although I feel like I'm dating myself when I say that, uh, but I, <laughs> well, I'm right there um, with you. Know. you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was, you know, I was divorced at, I would say kind of a later age, right? So I got divorced at about 38, 39. And then I just didn't think I was going to have kids. And then I met my spouse, of course, at work. And, um, and we, you know, had my eight year old daughter, Nina. So um, I was 40. So that was like a really, you know, it was a really interesting time in my life, because as an immigrant, as a type A 
personality, I was always pushing, you know, I am always pushing for more, right? A career wise, um, I do, you know, get a lot of, I get a lot of my energy from my job and how I'm valued. Uh, but at that time, as I always say, it's a dance, right? So sometimes you do the cha-cha forward and then sometimes <laughs> you do the cha-cha back. Um, so, you know, I, I'd love to talk a little bit more about that maybe later on. And then um, about a year ago during COVID, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. So that, you know, certainly threw me uh, for a loop. Thankfully, you know, I, I'm fine now. Um, but, you know, it was an interesting time where my career was yeah. really accelerating. Then I got sick and, you know, it really it really just put things in perspective, but I'll say it's very easy for things to get back to being crazy. Right. And like, that's where I am, where I'm always struggling with my work-life balance or sway as Joanne calls it. Indeed. Yeah. My, <laughs> my sway is a little bit uh, probably not, it doesn't look like a sway. It's like a speed walk, I think. But, um, <laughs> but anyways, that's a little bit of my story, but um, really excited to be here uh, for this very important topic. Awesome. No, thank you for, for sharing your story with us. Yeah. So let's talk work life sway. I call it work-life collision. <laughs> I think, Joanne, I, I prefer your term. It, it, it's, you know, it seems more doable, <laughs> more positive. Um, Joanne, you'd shared, you, you had like three great pieces of advice. You'd shared better mom, better boss. Let's get rid of that working mom guilt and then master that work-life sway. Tell us a little bit about that. So these are all issues that I explore in depth in Power Moms. And I think the better moms, better boss idea is very important because too many of us don't realize that if we become mothers before we become bosses, that actually equips us to be more successful um, on the job. And the reverse is also true. If we become bosses before we become moms, you know, which was the case in, uh, in the situation with Veronica, lo and behold, what we've learned as bosses actually make us more effective as parents. But when you look at how parents in general learn how to be good parents, they have to master certain skills that are hugely transferable to the workplace. They have to know how to delegate effectively. They have to be able to set priorities. They have to be able to multitask or they're never, ever going to get their kid past infancy. But when you look more closely at moms and to the lesser degree dads, particularly those who are highly involved, they make even better bosses than parents overall because they are very empathetic listeners. They know that when that infant is crying that they have to become attuned to which cry is I'm hungry, I need a diaper change, or I'm just tired. The second thing is they are extremely patient teachers, okay? And they encourage people who work for them to learn from their mistakes, just like when their kids fall down. They say, okay, you got a boo-boo. Let's try and do something differently than climbing the ladder when you're two years old. And the third third thing is that they are very, very good mentors and serve as role models, not just for how do you get ahead in your career to their colleagues who work for them, but how do you exhibit ethical behavior? How do you actually raise another generation of feminists among your own family members, among your own children? Um, in terms of these other two topics that you were asking about, the the working mother guilt issue, it's incredibly rampant, and I found it still persisted among the younger group of women that I spoke to for Power Moms to a lesser degree than the, the boomer moms, but every one of them to one degree or another was grappling with it. And so I asked them all to suggest the best hacks, and I devote an entire chapter to the 10 best hacks for ditching working mother guilt. And one of those 10 hacks is to embrace work-life sway. 
So what's that? Work-life sway? I certainly <laughs> knew all about work-life balance because I wrote about it in Earning It. And in fact, the one chapter in my first book that deals with being a working mom has a title that comes from one of those 52 women. And the title of that chapter was Manager Moms Are Not Acrobats. And the point that that mom was making, and she's making a repeat appearance in Power Moms, is that work-life balance is an impossible ideal. Yeah. It's the equivalent of trying to maintain a yoga pose with that leg, you know, balanced against your other leg for 24-7. It doesn't work. But until I started interviewing the Gen Xers and Millennials, I hadn't ever heard of this concept of work-life sway. And the concept is as follows. It's the notion that when we have to be 110% present for work, we are. We give it our all and then some. But we acknowledge and accept without guilt tripping ourselves that life's going to intrude, particularly as we've been working remotely for the last 18 months. And so if we have to, we sway out of work mode into personal life mode. Right. That's yeah. basically it in a nutshell. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. It, it, so, um, so Roma, how, how do you bring work-life sway into practice? Yeah, so I, I love these hacks, um, and I can um, relate to several of them. So first I would say, you know, having that support system um, both at home and outside the home is critical. And one thing for me, the way I think about it, is having these unwritten contracts. So um, when my husband and I made a conscious decision that I would pursue my career, and at some point in time, he would become that stay-at-home dad. Um, and that happened when um, when I moved into my first senior executive role. And it was, you know, it was an agreement that we had to make where, he, we, you know, we said, okay, you are going to go pursue this career and I'm going to take on the school drop-offs and pick-ups, the afternoon activities, cooking dinner on the weekdays, handling doctor's appointments, things like that. But we had to have that, you know, had to have that deep conversation to say, how are we going to make all of this work? And I needed to be sure that he was on board, that he didn't feel like he was stuck in this role because I right. wanted to go pursue um, my professional career. The other thing, too, is I also wanted to be sure that my employer, my colleagues, my direct reports, my boss, everyone knew that I also had a life outside of the office and that I was a mom and that I strove to be a good mom and, um, and so that there were things that they wouldn't see me around for um, and that I would turn things off at certain times and there were certain days of the week where I may have to leave early because of a sports event that was very important to me that I attend or things like that. And so... Part of what um, Joanne talked about is that better, better mom, better boss. I also made sure that I created that space for my team as well. So it wasn't just yeah. a selfish expectation. It was something that I, um, I did for everyone. And the last thing I would say is doing all of this doesn't just magically happen. Yeah. You know, especially when I was working on my MBA at the same time. Extreme time management is really important. You know, you have to schedule things that you normally wouldn't. Things like every Wednesday, I had a dinner date with my son, and we would, you know, pick him up from Taekwondo, and we would go hit the food trucks and have a dinner date together. And then also every night, we did our homework together. So there were things that I had to schedule into my into my um, calendar that weren't just work meetings to make it all happen. It, it, I love to the, the whole point where you said, Hey, I made it very clear and I was very transparent and, and, and celebrated the fact that you're a mom. It made me think um, I was speaking to a larger group with one of our partners and a woman raised her hand and asked a question. And she said, you know, should I be displaying the pictures of my kids? I work in a team where I'm probably the oldest and only parent. And sometimes I feel like I have to hide the fact that I'm a parent. And it just, uh, I remember thinking, ah, no, you know, and, and that was the advice we gave her. We're like, no, you know what? Put a 10 foot high poster up 
of your kids. Like you should absolutely be celebrating the fact that you are a parent. And, you know, it, it, again, it gets back to, hey, you got to bring, be able to bring your true authentic self. Um, Veronica, you called it the work-life cha-cha. How have you made that happen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'll be honest, like, Probably not well. Um, I'm. Oh, none you know, of us have, right? <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. I still, I, I just think it is one of those things that you just you continue to work on, right? It's you work on uh, all your life. I mean, and and your priorities are going to change, like whether that's your health and getting a workout in, or your, your kids, you know. But I do agree with Roma and Joanne that you know, better moms, better boss. And then, you know, one of the things that's also important is, you know, for us to lift up, obviously, other women as they're coming up through the ranks and to say, like, it's okay to think about getting pregnant, you're not going, you know, your career is not going to, to suffer. Um, and you got to really, like, push forward and, and you know, do what you want to do in life. I think, I think the other piece there is like, we do have to like embrace reality, right? And we're all type A individuals potentially mm -hmm. and and understand that like something's got to give, right? And um, I know, Sarah, we had talked about, there was um, an Atlantic article, I think it was about 10 years ago, you know, on why women can't have it all, which I thought was just super refreshing. But then there was an article recently, I know you're a member of Chief and- you know, it was posted about how, you know, women executives have, even with like the most well-intentioned spouses, I mean, my spouse is like Roma's, right? We decided that I was going to be the breadwinner and he was going to do a lot of the drop-offs and dinners. He still yeah. has a, you know, a very good career, but even with well-intentioned spouses, like we're, we are at a disadvantage and, and that's the reality to male executives. Um, you know, because if a male executive has a spouse at home um, that's cooking dinner and taking care of all the little things that, you know, we have to take care of, um, we just have to fit that in somewhere. So, um, so yeah, so much to talk about, but um, I, I agree. Uh, it is definitely a sway. Yeah, no, it's, it's, um, and it's a similar situation in our house too. My husband's a a professor at um, U of Chicago Business School booth. And four years back when I took this role, heading up new, he made a big career shift towards being a professor. And then he's a serial entrepreneur and on a number of boards. But he and I both decided that, okay, one of us has, has got to be more present. Our youngest um, was still in high school at that point in time. And he he agreed to take over that role unknowing <laughs> of just how challenging it is. And I think it's, it's truly enlightened him, but, you know, we're, we're fortunate in that we've got that team, you know, we've got that team and we've got that spouse, yeah. that partner, and it's, you know, so humbly appreciate not everybody has it. And I think, you know, that's where it's like, I would encourage, and, you know, if others have thoughts too, that it's like, don't be afraid, don't be ashamed to ask for that help right? From your other yeah. family members, from your friends, you know, from your community, um, because you can't do it all. And, yeah. and it's, and, and I think for me, that was probably the biggest epiphany. Was and I think the, yeah, sorry, Sarah. No, 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 please. No, uh, please. Yeah, yeah. The other thing I was, I, I, I meant to say was, you know, I think as I talk to younger women, it's also like it, I know this goes without saying, but it's a super important decision when you pick your spouse, right? Because if Absolutely. you want to have a career and, you know, you know, you want to go that extra mile, um, make sure that, you know, your, your spouse is going to be okay, you know, being supportive and maybe taking that secondary role. Because if he's not, like, that's going to be a very difficult you know, situation for you. Um, yeah. 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 Sarah, can I jump in here? Oh, please do. So I totally endorse what you both just said, all three of you just said, but in addition to making sure you get that commitment when you decide to have a long-term relationship with someone, you need to revisit 
the situation. Because guess what? Life changes. Mm -hmm. And so one of those younger power moms I interviewed for the book, because she came from the world of business and her husband was a physician, before they got married, but when they committed to each other, decided that they would have quarterly strategic planning meetings. Okay. Now (laughs) these happen side by side at their kitchen table. But when she was pregnant with their first child, one of their quarterly strategic planning meetings was, do we have a nanny or do we not? Do we have a Mm live-in nanny? She was going to be traveling a lot when she came back from attorney leave. He had a very busy practice as a surgeon. But the whole point of having these quarterly meetings is to reset the agenda and make sure we are communicating about our needs and our wants and our changing priorities. So true. And and I have to imagine there was an alcoholic beverage involved in those (laughs) quarterly planning meetings or several. Oh, I let you know. You know what? I'm so glad you shared that, Joanne. It it uh, two of our very dear friends every year go on a vacation just themselves. They're they're fortunate they have somebody who can take care of their kids, and they use those couple vacations as their annual planning strategic meetings, and they cover everything under the sun. And I love that concept. All right, so we're going to take a short commercial break. I want to thank everyone for listening in so far to our Advancing All Women radio show and podcast. You can always check us out at newonline.org for more information on new and all of our podcasts. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Network of Executive Women is a nonprofit dedicated to advancing all women and transforming our workplaces through the power of community. We are a growing community of more than 13,500 professional women and men, representing nearly 900 organizations across North America. We are a strong, collective voice for everyone in the corporate world who wants to see gender equality become a reality, and we welcome all who champion our cause. Members of NEW gain access to a broad network of like-minded professionals dedicated to women's equity and leadership development. Corporate organizations also gain access to DEI Solutions, which fosters a more inclusive and productive work culture. Plus, members can engage across NEW's 22 regional communities and attend two annual national conferences, which bring together the strongest minds in DEI and leadership. Join Network of Executive Women today. Visit newonline.org slash membership to learn more about becoming a member of NEW. That's newonline.org slash membership. Our thoughts and feelings not only affect our own lives, but the lives of everyone around us. Find new meanings of love, authentic expressions, and better connections with the people in your life. Tune in to Love Light with Dr. Jean Marie Farish. This program will feature guests and discuss ideas that will bring a better life to you. When you find this perspective on love, it will change everything. Listen live every Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. There are lots of unanswered questions about life's problems, and this is especially true about spiritual life. Why can't we see God? Why is there evil in this world? Why does God let bad things happen to us and to others? Can we get divine help? Join Carl Mollison and co-host Brian Kelly for Get Wisdom. They have new answers from the Almighty you need to hear. And listening could definitely change your life. Tune in every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Advancing All Women with host Sarah Alter. Want to learn more about the show and about Network of Executive Women? Visit our website today at newonline.org. That's N-E-W, online.org. 
Now, back to Advancing All Women. Welcome back, everybody. You are listening to Sarah Alter and the Advancing All Women radio show and podcast. And I am joined by the most incredible group of thought leaders today. We have Joanne Lublin, author of Earning It and Power Mom and Wall Street Journal journalist. Roma McKegg, SVP of Impact and Communications at Cliff Bar, and Veronica Hernandez, North America Head of Business Solutions for Visa. And today we're talking about power moms, our struggles, our triumphs, the guilt we feel, and how leaders and business organizations can better support them, and how they themselves can manage their own work-life sway. So, Veronica, we were talking about, you know, tips and tricks, like what are things that we can do as power moms to try and even put structure around our chaos, our good crazy, right? And and you had just, just as we were, you know, uh, fading off into the break, you had some great advice you wanted to give. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and Sarah, it's actually Fernandez. My dad might not ever forgive me, but uh, <laughs> forgive you. <laughs> just kidding. Oh <laughs> my is, goodness! Yeah, no oh, big I, deal. I, I, we stand corrected. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dad will be happy. No worries. Um, but uh, yeah, so we were chatting at the break, um, and it was a good, great conversation. But. You know, one of the things that we do at home, um, and Sarah was talking about doing it over a drink, I probably need to do that more often. But, (laughs) you know, I do think that like communication is huge, right, with your spouse, um, if you do want to be a power mom. Um, I am not great at it. Uh, My spouse and I don't always communicate well. But one of the things that always helps us is like to put things down on paper. So what I was telling um, the ladies on, on the show was that, you know, we put everything in my Outlook calendar. Um, yes, and, and it is the one from work. So, uh, but, you know, we do keep keep those private. But like if my, if my husband has a trip um, or, he, you know, he's, he's doing something, like we put every appointment on the calendar um, and vice versa. And if my daughter's got to be at gymnastics, even if the nanny's taking her, you know, it's on the calendar. So I do think that, just having one place where you can understand your schedule is great. And what I was also saying is that I only have one child. I have no idea how you do this with like two, three or four. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it, 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 um, it is sometimes I argue we have three and it, my husband and I have this philosophy that, you know, if you've got one element of stress in your life, you might as well have three because then you at least distribute the the, the level of stress, yes. <laughs> you know, and it's a little bit less across each. But, yeah, it's just yeah. as challenging with one as I'm sure it is with 10 or three or, you know, you name it. Um, Roma, any other tips or tricks? Well, I, I want to build on the um, communication piece because it's, um, you know, I've, I've heard of having kind of those those um, quarterly check-ins. My husband actually took it further, and we would have a weekly, we call it date night, but it's literally one hour. Every Friday, we would take one hour and go to, you know, someplace close to home where we could sit at a bar and have a drink and catch up on the week and then talk about the week ahead. So, you know, a bit of a look back and then what's in front of us. And that's, you know, it's time for us to decompress as well as time for us to just check in, see how things were going. It was amazing yeah. how much we could accomplish in an hour and then also have that just really valuable time together. The other thing, too, is I totally agree with the calendar. We kept, we keep a family calendar as well, and I make sure that my work calendar is invited to everything on that family calendar so I can also see it within my work day. And it's even things like the dog's grooming appointment, you know, just knowing when that's happening so that, hey, if something's going on at school, I may need to jump in and help out there as well. And the last thing I would say is, um, you know, we have to be more deliberate about that family time together. Um, and, you know, we have to, we plan well in advance when we'll be doing vacations and that is sacred time. 
We also have, you know, plan one night a week when it's family dinner night. And so, you know, that is sacred time and it could be Sunday, but it's rituals, I guess, is what I'm really getting to is creating those rituals that are sacred that um, everything else has to work around. Yeah. Yeah, And Roma, I was going to say, I totally agree with you. And one of the interesting things about just making sure that you're also aware of all the benefits that, you know, your company has, um, uh, like, for example, you know, Visa, which is where I work, I mean, they've got parental leave for school visits if you have a kid between K through 12. And that's 40 hours, you know, per year per child where, you know, in the state of California, um, I think it varies by state, but, you know, you have that leave if you need to go to school or, you know, you want to go. A lot of times, I'm like, I'm the last person that goes that ends up going to school unless it's on a a special occasion. But I do like to go every once in a while to, you know, volunteer and you can use your volunteer hours or you can use this type of leave, you know, which is which is also great. Sarah, can I jump in again here? I completely agree. Yeah. No. Oh, Joanne. Yeah. Yes. So both uh, of all three of you have made a point that highlights a larger issue, which is one of those 10 hacks in the Ditch the Working Mother Guild chapter was the notion of involving your children in your work life. Let them understand kind of what it is you do for a living and why you enjoy it and why it's important to you, but make them feel like they're part of some of those decisions. And so in the case of one of those boomer moms, when her youngest daughter was starting kindergarten, she would get the whole school year calendar in September, sit down with her daughter and the daughter, because she couldn't read yet, the mother and the daughter together would pick out three things that were going to come up during the school year that the daughter wanted mommy to be there for. And at that point, because she was a CEO of a public company, she had these dates put on her calendar on her work calendar for everyone to see. And by the same token, that same mom who came up with the title in the earning it chapter about manager moms are not acrobats, she pointed out as one of her tips that you then, when you're having to take business trips and business travel is starting to resume, you also, to the extent you can negotiate when you go, you work that out with your kids' calendars so that if there is a really big, important softball game coming up and your daughter is going to be pitching... You, if you can, you juggle the date that you're going to be out of town or you make sure that you're going to be there for the playoffs. But the kids then not only have a better sense of why mom thinks work is so important, but that mom thinks that work is important from the kids' perspective, too. And it's it's so key that you role model it, right? Like as that leader, you have to demonstrate to your team, hey, this is a priority for me. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I I do think that that's super important because if your team doesn't feel like it's okay, you know, to, yeah, I I have a lot of folks on my team that sometimes will email me and say like, hey, I got to go do this for my, my child or whatever. And I'm like, just go like, you don't, you know, we are in the age where it's like, I know that everyone is working and it might not be eight to five. Right. And so it's just like, just go, but you've got to do that yourself and say, you know, I'm going to go pick up my daughter at gymnastics and go watch her for an hour and I'm going to be offline, but I'll, you know, maybe I'll be back on later. Um, Absolutely. And Joanne, just one last thing. I feel like I'm taking over the conversation here, but it is important to also show your, you know, son, your daughter, like what, yeah, where you work. So I actually took my daughter, you know, on BART here in the Bay area. She understood my long commute, you know, then she got to San Francisco and walked the halls and it was super fun for her. And like, she still, you know, remembers that. Um, So it's good to help them identify even when they are, you know, a little bit younger. I love, I love that, Veronica. I, I also, um, I would select summer camps that were close to the office. So in the summer, my son would commute to work with me. I would take him to camp. I'd go see him at lunch. Camp gets out at three o'clock. I'd go pick him up and he'd come hang out at the office with me until my day was done. So he could, oh, he could that's really awesome. see, you know, kind of where I worked and stuff. 
And we had so much fun just those few weeks together. The other thing um, I wanted to build on as well was, um, oh gosh, now I'm losing it. You were talking about um, showing them your office, but before that you were talking about... Um, My commute, where maybe it was... Your commute, uh, it, yeah. yeah. Well, I'll get back to it. I'm sure I'll get back to it. But oh, no, <laughs> no worries. I was going to say COVID. Oh my gosh, what a learning experience! I mean, yes. let's let's find the lemonade out of the huge lemons that COVID has given us. I I have seen this this experience this past 18 to 20 months really teach people that the day is not eight to five anymore. Right. And that you, yeah. you work around all the other things going on in your life because now your kids are at home with you mm-hmm. and you've got to make sure that they're getting through school and other things. So I, I actually, as horrible as it is, COVID may be a blessing. Silver lining. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, absolutely. All right. So let's shift tons of great tips and tricks you know, for us as power moms. But now let's talk about our companies, right? And and Veronica, you touched a little bit on it that, you know, Visa had provided that great opportunity to give you time to go be part of, you know, your kids' lives at their schools. But what are other organizational um, practices or services or policies that should be provided? Joanne, I know you've probably got dozens that you could share Well, the last chapter of my new book looks at how we can make work more workable for working parents. And what I do is I profile four paysetter companies. These are all big businesses in the U.S. who were in the forefront of making work more workable initially for moms and then for moms and dads alike and who continue to be paysetters even today in adapting their workplaces to serve the needs of people who are now stuck at home due to the pandemic. And I think one of the most admirable ones of those is PwC, PricewaterhouseCoopers, yeah. which long before it was politically correct, was on the cutting edge of making sure that it was meeting the needs, in this case, of working moms. So more than a decade ago, they started what was called a mentor mom program. And it was started by a woman at PwC who, when she came back from maternity leave, felt very alone and very sort of directionless. And so what this program has done is matching more senior women who have returned from parental leave with women at the point when they even when they first get pregnant, and to be their mentor before and during and after their maternity leave. They've done numerous other kinds of uh, actions, including, for instance, not penalizing people in terms of performance reviews who have to take a break from work. Those are not always parents either. Some people do that for elder care or because they have a serious crisis in terms of their own personal health. But the idea would be that you would not be measured in terms of performance reviews against the people who remained on the job during that that leave. When it came time to try and adapt the workplace to the, the post or during COVID environment, one of the things that PwC did was that they uh, told people that they could choose a certain block of time during the day to be their protected hours. And those essentially would be a couple hours during which they were not going to be reachable by work come heck or high water. And I think, you know, this is not only something that we as working women can insist on being a necessary part of our day, but I think it's something that employers ought to be doing, especially as we evolve towards a hybrid workplace. Not surprised, right, with um, the CEO, Tim Ryan, at the helm. Not surprised to hear that they are a role model organization. Um, Roma, how about Cliff Bar? I'm sure there are a number of great support services provided to, and, and I like how you you positioned it too, Joanne. It's, I always think of mother not as a noun, but as a verb. <laughs> you mother, you know, you are a caregiver. And, and to your point, you know, Joanne, it's, 
it's mothers, it's fathers, it's sisters, it's daughters, it's, you know, you name it, you're a caregiver. But, um, but Roma, share some of the great things that Cliff Bar is doing as well. Yeah, I think, I mean, one, it, it starts with, it's, um, you know, paternal leave, right? And flexibility around that. First of all, um, making generous paternal leave available to both parents um, and also the flexibility of like, hey, you don't have to take it all at once. Divide it up. You know, so that you can, first of all, you can trade off with the other parent so that you're, you're really spreading that out throughout the year. And you're also picking different moments in time as your child is kind of, you know, going through it, it, his or her infancy stage to bond with your child. So I think, you know, really being clear and being more progressive around paternal leave is really important. And that's something we do at Cliff Bar. The others we've got on-site daycare. And, um, you know, and our parents really, you know, appreciate it, rely on it. It's, you know, it's some of the best daycare available. Um, and it's right there on site. So, um, so that's the other thing that I would speak to. And the last thing I would talk about is, you know, being flexible in terms of the work day and the workplace. Um, you know, there may be days of, of the week where you've got to leave early. So, for example, you know, a lot of school kindergarten gets out at, you know, half at a half day or yeah. schools will have a half day, one day a week. What are you supposed to do with that? You know, so I actually at a previous employer had to write into my employment contract that on Wednesdays I would work from home because my, mm-hmm. my, our yeah. school let out early. You shouldn't have to write that into your contract. That should just be available. I agree, Roma. And what I was going to say is I actually think that companies are probably not being creative enough, right? Like we can sit around the table and laud everything that like our companies are doing, but they're not being creative enough. And I think about, you know, I have a friend who's a single mom. We haven't really touched on that, but, you know, like there should be a policy, right? There should be a policy that if you're willing to self-identify as a single mom, that, you know, you get more flexibility or you're able to take a little bit more time off. I mean, because the reality is, is if you don't have that support system, you know, you are not, you're not going to potentially, you're going to encounter many more obstacles to, to get to the top or to continue to climb the ladder. Yeah, and it's and it's as much for the moms as it is for the dads, right? Yeah. Like it's, you yeah. know, as you look at, you know, and you alluded to the the generational differences earlier, Joanne, you know, you look at the Gen Zers, the millennials, the even the Gen Xers, it's we have a whole different set of expectations. And particularly <laughs> in this last year, year and a half, right? Like our expect- expectations have been completely reset. Our priorities have been completely reset. And the organizations and the leaders that have embraced <laughs> that and now realize like, hey, I've got to be even more flexible. I've got to be flexible within my flexibility, I think is what you're all saying. Yeah. And, and but- you can be. Right. Yeah. Joanne, you were going to say something. Yeah. But what's really important here is setting the tone at the top and the serving as role models has to happen, not just by women. It has to happen by men. And so American Express, which is another one of those four companies Mm -hmm. that I highlight in the last chapter, pushes very hard this notion that men are expected to take their full parental leave, which right now is five months of paid leave. And so they not only have breakfast and they have coaches available and they have senior executives talking about what it was like to go off for multiple months. These are guys and come back. But they also insist that people get the message and they put up posters pre-pandemic around the headquarters that showed dads cradling babies. And I also think that in smaller companies, startups, and a number of the younger women I interviewed for the book became entrepreneurs. When the CEO is a woman, she often then will set the tone at the top for what kind of behavior is expected. And Jen Hyman, the co-founder and CEO of Rent the Runway, was a great example of this. She was noticing 
even though they had very generous family benefits, that relatively few of the guys in the company were taking their full parental leave. And so when her chief technology officer, a guy, was about to go off on his paternity leave, she said to him, not only do I expect you to take the full amount, because she herself, as a CEO, had done so, but I want you to broadcast that to the troops. And lo and behold, she said in my interview for the book that after that, every single guy did, when he became a new parent, did the same. Yeah. Um, Joanne. Good point. This is, oh, sorry. Oh, no, no, no. Roma, please, you. I was just, yeah, I was just going to say, it's not just large companies. You know, I think there's there's a misnomer that, oh, I have to go work for a large company that has resources that allow me, you know, to be a parent, that have all these things in place. Mm -hmm. Creativity comes anywhere. I have worked for two different companies. One was a large public company. The other was a small family-owned agency. Both offered job sharing for their female executives. So it's, it, it's it's amazing what companies can do. Job sharing is a really, you know, it's something I think that's underutilized, but it allows, you know, women to take some time, a year, two years, to do both. And, you know, so two and a half days a week, I'm working. Two and a half days a week, I'm a mom. And to do that for a period of time and share that experience with another working mom as well. And I've seen that at two of the places I've been. Yeah, and I think what's so key Roma, to build on your point is, if it doesn't exist in your company today, then propose it, right? Yeah. A leader loves nothing more Absolutely. than someone who, right, who comes to you like, hey, here's the situation, here's the challenge, here's the opportunity, but here's the solution. Wow, this has been an absolutely incredible conversation today, and I'm so glad, um, Veronica, Roma, Joanne, thank you so much for sharing this time, you know, with me and and with our audience. I want to thank everybody who listened in today. I'm sure you now are going to walk away and knowing, hey, what it takes to navigate (laughs) this good crazy, this how to be a good power mom. Um, I want to thank Voice America um, for giving me and new this opportunity to share our voice and our stories and our mission with all of you every week. Next week, and and probably a topic that relates very closely to what we talked about today, but we're going to talk about, hey, how do you avoid burnout and how do you manage your mental health and wellness To learn more about New and to listen to all of our amazing podcasts, you can check us out at newonline.org. And a huge favor before you leave us, I would love your thoughts on what types of topics you want to hear us cover. Please reach out to me and my team at connect at newonline.org. We have over 6,500 listeners now, so need each and every one of you to reach back out and let me know what you want to hear. I'm Sarah Alter, and thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to Advancing All Women with host Sarah Alter. Be sure to tune in again next week. Our program is live every Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment or catch our replays weekly on Voice America Influencers. Until we talk again, enjoy your week.